I can put numbers on anything, Frank. Watch me. What? Insert credit is podcasting. I'm Alex what? Jeffy, and my spirit Pokemon is a Wobbuffet. I'm what? Frank Cifaldi, and my spirit Pokemon is probably a puppy, because puppies are nice. Tim, it's your turn. Oh, is it? Right? I mean, yeah. I guess we can do it this way. Uh, I'm Tim Isn't Rogers. that how we do it? Alphabetized? Yep. That is how uh, we do it. I feel like if there's more than a three-second lapse, uh, somebody else could just jump in. But, uh... I don't know. I'm Tim Rogers. I don't. What What are the criteria for something being a spirit Pokemon? What What you feel inside you when you look within yourself? What Pokemon do you see? I see a, I see a, a, a suburban back street on a, the lonely darkness of a of, a, of an autumn mid afternoon is what I see. <laughs> That's your spirit Pokemon, then, dude. My just spirit that... Pokemon is a is a is a dead a, a pigeon just dead with its face buried in a garbage bag lying in the middle of a suburban back street on the, the dark loneliness of a mid- autumn mid-afternoon. That's, that's my spirit Pokemon. You, know, so you, 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 bought, you bought Pokemon Dead Pigeon over Pokemon. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's a seventh generation starter. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. I actually, yeah, anyway. I'm done. We're done. Um, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and my spirit Pokemon is a strong dislike of people overusing spirit animal and spirit X to uh, kind of, f- for one thing, co-opt Native American culture, and for another thing, just be glib about a dumb thing. I've gotten really tired of that phrase. I don't feel like it's co-opting uh, Native American culture so much anymore as it's referencing the film Fight Club. But uh, yeah, it's, it's. I think I think that's a. I think it's even more people... ignorant that way. No offense, yeah. Jeffy. No, none taken. I was waiting for someone to wail on me for using that. It was me. I did it. Hooray! But seriously, uh, what animal? For us. But seriously, what what animal do you most feel uh, an affinity with, though, Brandon? If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? I like the crow. See, there you go. You crow. Think the crow, is the crow pretty or an actual. No, crow. I mean the actual animal. It can uh, it can use tools. It makes really fun, obnoxious sounds that are obnoxious but don't bother me. And uh, and a whole bunch of them is called a murder. So yeah. yeah. Uh, so. The way this works is I ask a question, we discuss it for about six minutes, and we move on until we hit a lightning round, and whoever does the best introduces the inaugural topic in next week's show. Last week's show, the person I deemed doing the best was Christian Nutt, who sent in a question, and the question is as follows. Does the intended commercial reach of a game have any meaningful impact on it as a creative product? No. Wait, the intended commercial reach of a game? Yes, I guess sometimes it does. Like when you, you when you're a- actually trying to make a game for sixty year old um, housewives, let's say, uh, it it affects. I mean, that definitely affects the the project, the creative intent. Is that was that the question? Did I? Yeah. What was exactly yeah. the question again? Does the intended commercial reach of a game have any meaningful impact on it as a creative product? Yeah, so in 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 that sense, it does. And I guess uh, 
when let's look at the the Pokemon that just came out. One of my friends was just complaining about how they don't have uh, the stereoscopic 3D in all of it, and the intended audience for this Pokemon is people buying a 2DS because they want people to buy a 2DS so they can make more money and expand their audience and stuff. And so 2Ds. they the 2Ds. So they took some of the 3D out of the 2Ds uh, out of this game that's designated for the 2Ds. They they just de-emphasized that. Almost, they took out almost an entire D. Yeah, almost a whole D was taken. And so, uh, yeah, that, that was a big effect that was had, at least for some people. I mean, if I'm taking the question literally, then yeah, of course. Like, you, you can't design a commercial product without having the audience of it in mind. So, yeah, that's going to affect the, uh, the product. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know of an interesting way to answer that. <laughs> like, I, w- I will say that, like, I'm not one of those people who, who thinks that you can't have a commercially viable product that is creatively meaningful. I think there's that there's flawed logic in that. I think that that my my own target market being pretty much just me and possibly my friends that has a pretty big impact on uh, on on my creative products because maybe nobody will like them. <laughs> so, Frank, do you think you can provide some examples of uh, games which are uh, specifically uh, marketed and yet have uh, creative integrity shine through? <laughs> Any game ever on the console that's good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and most indie games that are also good? Like, mm-hmm. like there, there are very few games out there that are created without commercial viability in mind. That's true. Uh, um. I mean, like, I guess what you're asking is, do I think that any, like, super mainstream game have a lot of artistic merit? I think I think any game has some artistic merit to it. Uh, you put me in front of any game, I'll find something to say about it that's, that's a meaningful thing to extract from it. Um, yeah, if they but, made it all the way through, then uh, good for them. They made a creative product, pretty much. Yeah. By I guess creating there, something. There, there, there are a few that I could make an argument against that for but it would still be tough like there are those games that there's a game called Dragon Puzzle which is a 100% Puzzle and Dragons clone except they swapped out the art Uh, (laughs) it was made in China and machine translated and everything else is copied and while that's almost completely without artistry there is different art in there so I don't know (laughs) there's some art there's some art. That's There's an art say. in directly cloning Puzzles and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Great artists steal. That's right. Yeah. That's true. That's Whoa. true. What happened to your voice, Tim? Uh, sorry, I had a bunch of coffee in my throat that was still wow. in there. I thought I'd swallowed it, but unfortunately, <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot control all of my throat muscles these days. That's gross. It was that chunky coffee that just kind of sits there. Oh, it is. This is like the bottom of the French press. It's like yeah. Pretty gross. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say there's games that are supposedly for kids, but I think they're pretty cool. I don't know if that's the same thing. I think that <laughs> wears. I think that wears my water is just a goddamn fantastic video game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what you know, like what? That's it. I <laughs> yeah, still, like that. I, that uh, that Rocket Slime Adventure. That's another game like that where it's 100% for kids. That game, but I sure did play through it the entire thing twice, 24 hours each playthrough. So, I remember seeing, uh, yeah. when that came out in uh, Japan, there were just there were lots of adults playing that game. 
It was uh, they were just like, yeah, I like this game. Yeah, it's good. It's a good game. And it's like, like it was for kids and grown-ups alike. And also Pokemon's. I mean, you know, Pokemon is for seven-year-olds, but I like it. You know, I got it right here. I got it right, god darn there. That's just Pokemonks. Yeah, you got the Pokemon. You didn't go for Pokemon. I didn't go for Pokemon. I went for Pokemonks. I think Pokemon actually now. I wish I'd gotten Pokemon because it sounds cooler. But Pokemonks is cool. Well, you put them together, you get Pokemonkeys, and that's pretty good. Pokemonkey, yeah. I didn't get any of those because I. Man, is there any reason that I should not to derail? But is there any reason I should care about this one? Is this a a question, Chaffy? I know it. It's not. Okay. Well, I, I can tell you a couple of things, Brandon. I've yeah. been looking into it, and I guess I've bought all the Pokemons. I guess I'm not really proud of that, except Pokemons, because there's no Pokemon Z yet, but there will yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait till there is, because then we can talk about my Pokemons. Uh, Pokemons. Po- okay. Anyway. Let me uh, them. But it's this okay. one, this one is a Pokemon. What has come out after the Zynga and Social Game Revolution and all that, and yeah. it looks like it's got a bunch of weird little. Engagement funds in it, like you know, today you can get this for free, or be sure to log in today to get this. You know, oh, do they do that? Yeah, it looks like it's got some stuff like that, and it's got the online stuff streamlined really well for fighting against dudes online. And the world looks nice, and the graphics look nice. Maybe I'll let you know. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you know. I worry. I worry that uh, that Nintendo is going to do all that engagement stuff in a Super Nintendo-y way. I love the Super game, Nintendo. The game is thirty-four ninety-nine, so that's not a bad price for. Yeah, it's not. It's not that the could worst. be that. Next cool. topic. Yep. Woo! We've got two. We've got two weeks until Halloween, so it's costume crunch time. What yes. are some topical twenty thirteen video game based costume ideas for our listeners? Uh, I'm hmm. just going to be the Last of Us guy. I'm just not going to shave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna wear a flannel shirt. Well, mm-hmm. you could be an Xbox One. You could be a PlayStation Four. You could be a 2DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? No, that's is a two-person costume. A 2DS. 2Ds? Nah, yeah. it's just you know just you just got guy. two. No, it's just one screen. Yeah. Two yeah. two windows. You yeah. got you got a window here and you got a window down in your crotch area. Oh, crotch so area. Like, that's for that's for the adults. That's the sexy 2DS. That's <laughs> what that is. That's what that costume is. Sexy uh, 2Ds. <laughs> hmm, I don't know. I guess I, I'd like to nominate Sexy Tooties as the uh, name of this episode. Yes. I, ge- I guess uh, I guess they did release some video games this year. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, can we get a record show? There's that Tomb Raider. There's that Tomb Raider. You can, yeah. can be a beat up Lara Croft. Can be a Halloween <laughs> yeah. costume. Yeah, you could be Tomb Raider. You yeah, could I'm dirty Lara. You could be Dio- uh, Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Yes. Infinity oh, those, that Bioshock? Bioshock Infinity guy, yeah. You could be that yeah. guy. That's a good haircut he has. You could be the lady that's in it also. Yeah. Elizabeth, I think, is what they call her. What would, a, what, would a, what would a Gone Home costume be? Like, you don't see any characters in that game. Just wear, like, a 1990s band t-shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I've actually got or a bunch of Just wear of a Bratmobile shirt and dye your hair red or something. There you go. That's yeah. what, yeah. what else is there? And then just don't go to the party. Yeah, of course, you don't want to go home. home. Yeah. yeah. You've right. Already, you've already You're gone absent. Home. That's your costume. <laughs> That's my costume. <laughs> I'm just not going to show up. <laughs> That'll be my gone home costume. I guess there's that, uh, that, uh, uh, that Beyond game came out, and there's also that Last of Us. I guess if you're Ellen Page, you can go to the Halloween party as yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wear your normal clothes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mario Catsuit. Huh? 
My cat, cat suit. Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh, I'm going to start sewing one of those right now. I've got this <laughs> yellow blanket I can use to it. You could be uh you could be whatever Ash Ketchum's name is in the new Pokémon. Mhm. Um, I, I I think it's X. Is his name Xavier or really? uh Xavier? It's, it's got something that starts with an X. Xraldo? Um, is it Xraldo? Xraldo, Rivera. <laughs> Possibly. You know what would be good in that Pokemon? I tell X-T- you what, it, it would be pretty cool if every new Pokemon you played is the prior Pokemon's son or daughter. Oh, that end. would be cool. Yeah. And then you've got to defeat all of your uh, your ancestors in the final yeah. battle. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's how Pokemon Gold and Silver ended, and it was pretty cool. You that made is that true. Up. Yeah. It is true. You fight red at the end of Pokemon. Yeah, that yeah. was a mind-blowing moment for little me. Yeah, I, I, Alex Jaffe shrieked so hard it caused an earthquake. <laughs> yeah, and I was in Florida, and there are like no tectonic plates here, so that was uh, it shattered. It shattered windshields. Yeah, as well. Dang. sure. You could go as uh, any Disney character ever. Oh, right, yeah. to Disney Infinity. Yeah. Disney Infinity. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Infinity. as uh, I'm it's gonna just... go as the movie version of the Lone Ranger, but like the the uh, the sexy girl version from Target. It, yeah, it, sexy it Lone ju- Ranger. It just yeah. occurred to me that there were two Infinity titles this year: uh, Bioshock and Disney. Bioshock well, Infinite. Infinite. Yeah. yeah. Disney Infinity. Is it yeah. Disfinity or Disninity? <laughs> I think it's Disfinity. Disney Infinity. Yeah. I'm looking up. I'm looking up games released in 2013. Yeah, yeah. let's have it. Let's yeah, that's part of the problem. I will let you go as early as November 2012 because no one got to wear costumes of that back uh, in 2012. True. Uh, the DMC Devil May Cry was released in January. Yeah, I could just not wear a shirt. That's his costume, right? Right. Yeah, no, he's got, he, he's got shirts. He's got, shirt. got a really good haircut in that. Game. Yeah, and like a scarf or something. I forget. Fire oh. Emblem Awakening. You can just be a Fire Emblem guy. Dead yeah, State. Fire Emblem. Fire. Sonic All Stars Racing Train. No wait, that was just. Crisis I'll be Sonic. Three. Wahoo! Wahoo yippee! Wahoo yippee! It's yeah. me, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Oh, the Caroods Prehistoric Party came out. Oh sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Game of the we Year. All, we all remember that one, yeah. Goaty. Uh, oh, that, that Grand Theft that, that Grand Theft Auto came out. We could be like cars. We could be cars that are stolen. We, we I'll be a car we, radio. We I'm gonna be a, that that great female protagonist. We could be white guys. Sure. Yeah. I could be Grand Lynch. Theft Auto. I I could shave my head and be Lynch. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a white guy for Halloween. <laughs> How's that? Yes. Do you guys I'm think the, I can I can pull that off? I'm the scariest thing in America, a straight white male. There's a uh, Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Blood Dragon. Uh, Bread Dragon. Blood Blood Dragon. Uh, Actually, uh, yeah, Monaco, I'm going to be the Blood Dragon. I'm going to be Monaco. Maybe those Monaco blips. That'd be yeah, easier. You could be a Monaco. Paint, paint some cardboard. Yeah. Just tape it to yourself. That's what I did one year. I was a Tetris block. Hmm. Let's I want to be I want to be the worm from the Unbreakable Chain. That's a video game that came out that is for horrifying people. Horrifying uh, people? Yeah, mm. it, it's it's just it's got weird, really weird stuff in it. Um, hmm. and it's it it's five minutes long, and I think it's free. You could be Uncle Scrooge from Ducktales Remastered. 
That's true. Oh, yeah. You just always have to have, like, the blank expression on your face no matter what you're doing. Yeah, I could be Launchpad, and I could just be like, hey, get me yeah. some pizza while you're down there. I want some pizza, <laughs> Mr. McD. I want some pizza. What is oh, this, a falcon um, coin? Give me some pizza. Well, if you're, uh, if you're Scrooge, you can just stop every five seconds and be like... Oh. Well, and be like, yeah, ah! Like, yeah. yeah, you can, you can just be like... Like, like Cat that. suit Mario is the answer, Cat and also, Mario. also Ellen Page, go as yourself, yep. and uh, I'm gonna be Joel from The Last of Us. Great. Uh, what are the differences between the European and the American video game scenes? One of them's better. Whoa. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> really what do you mean? Likes, uh, soccer and racing, like way more than the other one. When you God, say video game scenes. Racing. You're you're talking about fans, not developers, right? I'm I'm talking about both. Okay, because those are definitely different. I would so yeah. Europe, European uh, dev scene is kind of getting smaller. Uh, yep. All of the talent are getting shipped off to Canada. There are so fewer Oliver Brothers. Fewer Oliver Brothers than ever before. Yeah. Um, the Pickford Brothers are there, and they're pretty cool. Yeah. I like those guys. Let's, yeah, just put it th- let's just put it this way. Mama and Papa Oliver ain't having any more babies. That's right. So I, w- I would say, I would, like, if you, if you go back to the Amiga and, and you look at what Europe was doing, they were doing crazy stuff with way too much animation and, <laughs> uh, and not really very good playability well, what uh, they really and a liked, lot of fart jokes and yeah, stuff. They, and then, they, really, they really liked uh, sounds that vibrated really fast. Yeah, and yeah. they li- and they liked making uh, jumping guys collect a lot of stuff. Yeah, so if you look at current European game development, there's a lot that comes from that. Well, okay, that's UK really, UK yeah. and a bit of Germany and stuff. France, they're just continuing to be as French as possible, except they've moved to Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in America, we just make all the games that make money. <laughs> That's that's what we like to do over here. Ubisoft does some of that, but the rest of it we figure that we might as well do. And then in terms of the fans, uh, it feels to me, I don't know if I'm totally wrong about this, but it feels to me like there are way more retro game fans in Europe than there are here. They've got like um, those whole magazines about them. Yeah, they're just they're just super into it, and they well, like to know every aspect of lore, and it I and I really respect that about them. We shouldn't use magazines as a barometer because uh, the printing industry is so much easier there than it is here. I don't think that's like interest so much as just uh, cost. Do you think yeah, there would be more retro game magazines in uh, the U.S. if we printing industry was easier? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there probably would. Um, like, but uh, in in Paris, for example. There is a whole street that has uh, that is full of import game shops. There are like five import game shops on this one street in Paris, specializing in like PC Engine and Neo Geo, and and uh, Mega Drive and that mm. kind of stuff. And uh, you don't you don't have that out here so much. You have your specialty stores. So that's but, where uh, Akihabara went. That's where uh, yeah, Akihabara went went to. Uh, went to Paris. It went to, you know, like Munich. It went to here, and the end. That's where it is. But yeah, I think I think they they like the retros over there, and that's pretty cool. 
As for what else they like, I think Frank covered it. They got the football. Mm-hmm. They got they got the uh, they got the managing the football. Managing of the football. Oh, they yeah. love managing football over there. They huh? love managing it. Uh, they mm-hmm. like. I think they like racing games more than we do. Oh, they love the racing games there. They just can't get enough of them. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a really big audience for. Uh, uh, at one time, and this is again using magazines as a thing. I was when I was in Japan. I uh, ended up getting like eight different magazines asking me to write a preview of a. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Of Grand Turismo, of like Grand Turismo, yeah. they're just all like, they're like, can you can you write a preview of Grand Turismo? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it's like, what do you want? You know, because it's like, well, it's, you know, it's being made in Japan. Can you just, you're in Japan. Can you write a preview of it? So it's like, for some reason, I ended up nobody paid me for it, but I I wrote so many previews of Grand Turismo for just like nine of them. It's like for for British magazines specifically. Yeah, they're just all like Gran Turismo Four. We'll have this many cars. We'll have it's just like a, a recounting of the facts and like a couple of quotes from interviews other people had done. They're just they were crazy for it. Like yeah, we're trying to run twenty pages this month on Gran Turismo. It's like that doesn't make any sense. It's like it's just you know people can find out this stuff on their own. Well, like but, like magazines like what like Games TM I imagine was one of them and Edge's Game Stem, yeah. Like those yeah. those two have such enormous page counts that they just have a lot of room to fill, I feel like. Um, and I think we, over here, our fans in the U.S. seem to care a whole lot more about shooters and yeah. a whole lot more about fighting games because I've never seen a British person or a French person or a German person win any major uh, Street Fighter competition. But of course, uh, well, I mean fighting game competition, but of course... Evo is held out here, and they don't have an equivalent there. But I guess that's telling in itself, that they don't have a giant uh, fighting game competition out there. Yeah, that's sort of a thing. Um, so I have also noticed that... Wait, did I just forget what I was going to say as I was saying? I think I it's possible. <laughs> uh, I've noticed that... <laughs> okay, I've noticed that. So, for example, the one thing that kind of defines the Britishism to me is... Uh, this is just British, and I feel like it also kind of ex- bleeds into the rest of Europe. But I remember on the front cover of GameStem magazine, GameStem, mm-hmm. as some people GameStem, call it. GameStem, yeah. Yeah, GameStem. GameStem. Every single issue had somewhere on the cover a little circle that said 140 pages of something. If it was Halo on the front cover, it was like 140 pages of laser blasting hotness. Oh, that's and if it was If it was... FIFA, it was 140 pages of football and craziness. And it was always the numeral 140, just really big on the cover. They want you to know they have 140 pages. It's like, that's not that many pages. It's kind of some pages, but... Are you proud of the, the yeah. your commitment to that round number? Are, one are you, page for every letter in a tweet. Are yeah. you proud of uh, its... Number? Are you proud that it's a multiple of ten? Are you proud that it's the exact same number that it was last month, and you're rewarding uh, return visitors? So it's like that's that's to me kind of the sort of thing that extends into a lot of other stuff. So I've got also, a question for the room, actually. Is yeah, is, let's hear a question then. Is Gamestum the only print publication that all three of us have written for? Oh, Tim, um, have you ever had no. anything in uh, Game Developer Magazine? Developer? Tim, yes. have you had something I've, in I've had several things in Game Developer Magazine. Okay, yeah. all right. So those two. Yeah, those two. Maybe Wired? 
Oh yeah, no, I never, I never got printed in Wired. I only got kill fees from Wired. Sucks uh, to be you. No, it doesn't. Ooh. I got kill fees. I got kill, yeah, kill fees, fees as well, great. but I also got publishing fees. Yeah, I got them too. <laughs> Who or what is the Yoko Ono of video games? Yoko I just Ono. Learned, I just learned that Paul McCartney uh, beat her. Yeah, I beat her. What? How did he you abused learn her? her. Uh, internet. Yeah. There, yeah. It, during his, on his birthday, there was a. T- uh, he ten beat her on his birthday. <laughs> ten unpleasant facts about uh, um, about goddamn John Lennon um, is what it was. That's explained with Glee gifts. Anyway, the Yoko Ono. So we're saying someone that broke up video games. No, someone who is attributed to have broken up video games and actually doesn't really have much to do with it. Oh, right, okay, so there are two of them then. One is uh, Howard Scott Warsaw, who made E.T., and everybody loves to blame that for the downfall of video games, and it's not exactly true. It's not at all true. No. Uh, (laughs) So so he would be a good candidate for that, and I think the other, another good candidate would be the Tramiels, who, who... Basically, oh, believe it or not, believe it or not, Tremel. What Tremel? Tremel. God darn. The, okay, the Tremel. That is how that's pronounced. Tremel. I just, I, I, just mean, I had been what saying Tremel for for so many years. We, we all. Know. We yeah. joke a lot about pr- fake pronunciations on this show, folks. It's but, actually uh, Tremel. Once in a while, let me let me turn my chair around. Once in a while, we like to get serious, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to take this moment to make a public service announcement to our listeners out there that it's in fact pronounced, uh, what was it? Tremel. Tremel, not Tremel. Um, now, the hang on. Uh, so that that would be, those would be examples of people who came in and, and maybe ruined stuff, but like, I, I would think, you know, Yoko's more attributed with, like, specifically ruining the Beatles, like, a specific good thing in music, so... Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, of video games. Oh. Yeah. Well, he, okay, so I was, I was trying that's to true. think okay. of video okay. games. Who um, could it be? Well, I mean, you could say Yoko Ono was the Yoko Ono of rock music. You don't have to yeah. say the Yoko Ono yeah. of the Beatles. How about, uh, how about um, Peter Molyneux? <laughs> Peter Molyneux kind of, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> that guy, huh? That He's just guy. Your, your go-to for the blank of everything. Well, there, he, how about Dennis Dyack? He, uh, wait, no. 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 I, it, I don't know where that came from. Hideo Kojima? It doesn't how about, have... how about Yoko Shimomura, composer of the music from Super Mario RPG, because her first name is Yoko? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, uh, <laughs> like a publisher. <laughs> Like a publisher or a game director or something that ruined a sequel and therefore a franchise. Um, well, one one thing that might... Tetsuya Nomura. It's not... Character oh, designer yeah, Nomura. of Final Fantasy VII. Got started as an artist in his own right. Was kind of a cool guy because people sort of liked him and he hung around and eventually he's in charge of making games like Kingdom Hearts, which are just zippers and pleather fetishism. Uh, and uh, they don't make any sense, and it's just kind of ripped it apart, and then everybody left the company, including Hironobu Sakaguchi, who went on to form his own company and make his own games, which are really cool, but less appreciated. And, yeah, uh, yeah, once, once, once that fella... Once Nomura opened up a hot topic inside of Square Enix, that's when everyone was <laughs> like, it's probably time for us to get out of here. Uh, what, what about, like... Uh, 
So Midway would be a good harbinger of the death of the mid-tier developer that made a bunch of mediocre stuff that people didn't want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's it's more of a harbinger than it is a we did this. But they kind of did it because they kept changing direction and being like, okay, now we're all using Unreal. Okay, now wait, maybe we're going to do this. And they kept shifting around and getting squirrely and couldn't understand what to do. Them and THQ, but uh, Midway was first and more prominent because they were also, they also had... Uh, well, what did they do to ruin it for the rest of us, though, is kind of... Yeah, yeah. You no, know, I, guess, like, I guess it doesn't... I'm trying to think of more examples, but I think, unfortunately, my first two examples were too excellent. Well, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't they be, like, I don't know, Zynga? Like, wouldn't Zynga be Zynga? I think it's Tetsuya Nomura. Yeah, but Zing, Zynga didn't really... I mean, I guess they... They changed. I guess they changed it. They they yeah. With their money, they made a change in direction for things. The money that they sort of got. And I'm not saying video games are like worse now. I'm not going to go that far. But I think the argument could be made that a lot of the fun was sucked out of video games when we uh, well, yeah. went toward yeah. analytics. Which no, I think you know, I think just sort of pioneered. Just changing it is is probably enough yeah. because Yoko Ono didn't. I mean, the Beatles breaking up did not ruin rock and roll. Rock and roll is still doing okay. I mean, y- yeah. you could argue against it, but I would say it's still doing all right uh, in general. I mean, we st- we do have Nickelback and Creed still performing, but everybody's talking about the new sound, but it's still rock and roll to me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. me too, actually. So are we going with Nomura? I'm good with that. Nomura? It could be Nomura. Nomura. It could be. I like the T guy. I think yeah, when Nomura, I think when, I think when when uh, Kingdom Hearts started to like when when Final Fantasy started to fall apart and uh, focus more on hairstyles and clothings and, and half-length jackets and six-pack abs and all that and zippers. I think that's when 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 Final Fantasy, which was the long, slow, kind of drink it in, kind of chill out and relax sort of video game, when that became a game that was just about zippers and pleather and all that. Uh, that just kind of started to take a lot of the fun out of video games in general. Cause, and uh, I guess, like, if you're trying to find the Beatles of video games, Final Fantasy is not a bad candidate. Yeah, yeah. nobody. True. Nobody tried to make the good old-fashioned RPGs for a long time after Final Fantasy started to become sort of a. I mean, not saying that the the stuff Final Fantasy became is bad, because there's cool stuff in there, but it's not the same message anymore. That's me. That's all I have to say. I'm done. Got That's it, no more, everybody. Okay. Uh, I'm you, hearing real, okay. the breathing yeah, really I'm, loud. Yeah, I'm hearing bad breathing. It's not me. It's not. I don't think it's me because I wouldn't. I hear it when I'm not breathing. No, it's definitely you, Frank. It is you, Frank. Sorry. Okay, it might have been me. Let's move on. Uh, New York Comic Con was this weekend, and DC Comics announced a new weekly ongoing Batman title. Whoa! Yeah, every week a new Batman. Forever. Uh, concept. Batman Forever? Uh, it's actually called Batman Eternal, uh, but oh. pretty close. Uh, could a non-massively multiplayer video game with a reasonable budget successfully utilize this same model? Why the heck not? Yeah, you definitely need that reasonable budget, I tell you what. Because uh, uh, but that's not, hard not to a, do. Not a budget beyond reason, though. I mean, for for God's sake, those uh, uh, Professor Layton games in JP, they uh, they had like a new puzzle every week. They sure did. 
Yeah, so it's like, get your new puzzle, and then you get it. Like, I mean, there you go. And they were they were new puzzles with little little tiny story trimmings on them too. It's like, yeah, this you know we're gonna gotta talk to this guy about this thing. Yeah, I think if you make your if you make your episodes real tiny, then you can do it. If you if you if you make, I don't know, uh, twenty minute to half hour episodes of of game, then you could probably you could probably have a weekly thing that happens every. I would I would actually welcome something that gives me a new half hour to play every week. Yeah, yeah I would I would do so much as I'd love to play. Uh, Super Mario, that's got a new level every week. And I know this Super Mario, what is it, Super, new Super Mario Brothers 2 for the 3DS has new levels every couple months or something, but it would be cool if they just released, like, three or four new levels a week. How, how often are there new Angry Birds levels? Isn't there one every day? Well, no, that would be a lot. I don't think I, so. I think it's a few times a year. Yeah, a few times a year they'll do an no, update. It's like really? No, I'm pretty sure there's one new level, like a daily challenge new level sort of thing every day. Really? This I'm pretty is sure. something one of us should know, and I'm sure we'll do some research. My mom knows. Week. Let, let's have your mom on the show, Frank. My mom knows a lot about Angry Birds. Let's have yeah. all our moms on the show. If my, my mom, mom is listening, mom, call me. Because yeah, sometimes I want to look at a computer. And let me know. To look at a computer. Because it's, uh, it's just, yeah. yeah. Are we just going to feign ignorance and wait for a mom yeah. to call? <laughs> the, the, only game, <laughs> the only game my mom plays is uh, Word Warp, which is a, uh, oh, let's, uh, let's unjumble this word and see how many words we can make out of it. That, that's the game she plays. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. I don't think my mom's watching. I'm sorry. I think I'd oh, sort of get bored of like a like a new Super Mario level every week. I'd I'd get sort of bored of it. Yeah, but you could wait. You could wait a month and be like, "Hey, I got four four levels now that I've." Uh, I guess I'll play these. But I mean, they would have to be. I mean, I love Super Mario, and I've played the same levels over and over again in Super Mario Three for twenty goddamn years, and I I still <laughs> like them. But, I, I've thought about this a lot over the years, and like I think you'd have to have a really simple adventure game, and your weekly content would have to be about on the level of a soap opera, where you're just kind of extending scenes for weeks and weeks, or like a Dragon Ball Z, right, where like they just kind of talk about how they're going to fight each other for six episodes until they fight. Yeah, you know, it'd have, you'd have to it'd have to be a story based thing that's just extending that long. Or something, you know, like a platform game where you're just generating new levels every week and maybe even crowdsourcing them, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and I've, I've talked about both. I, I kind of like the idea of there being sort of an adventure story game world where uh, users can sort of uh, uh, generate the next episode collaboratively before it goes out. Like, you could kind of create a story that way that is, you know, a game in some vague way and have that be kind of cool. There's that Shadowrun Returns game that I've got and I enjoy quite a great deal where people are making their own little episodes. and I mean, that would be a cool sort of thing to have a new 20-minute episode of something that's kind of well-written. I, In other words, the yeah. answer to this question is why the god darn heck not? You know? yeah, why the well. heck not? I want some games that do that. And there's already that, that Shadowrun game has already built itself as a platform for future episodes for anybody can make their own episode of any length and upload it and it can be peer voted up and all that. Nice. So I think yes. We're think potentially not far away. 
Yeah. Okay, I think we've addressed that. The answer is yes, and it should happen. Yes. And it'll happen real soon. When it comes to assessing an experimental game, how much credit should it get for trying something interesting, even if it fails? I'd say a lot. I really like when things try stuff. I'm into I'm into things being tried in the general. I think for me especially that works out great because uh, I mean that's that's what I like in games is weird weird little ideas and things that are uh, that are trying to push a, a boundary here or there. I care about that a whole lot more than okay, not a whole lot more than execution, but I will I'll forgive things if if they're trying something. So yeah, I'd say a lot. I like Anybody stuff else? that tries stuff. I agree and I think most of my favorite cool. games. What? Oh yeah. That's definitely somebody's lagging real hard. Yeah, for, for what it's worth, you. Uh, uh, I heard you talk after I talked. Yeah. So. You're like Bilbo Laggins over here. Bilbo Laggins. <laughs> yeah, I just made that up right now. That's I'm pretty, pretty good. I like yeah. that one, Bilbo Laggins. File that one away. Okay. Uh, one of you talk. Yeah, I'm into it. Go, somebody, go for it. I think Frank is frozen because his face. So you guys frozen. are waiting for me to talk uh, after we've established that I'm lagging. Okay. No, <laughs> no for somebody. Um, well, I was just going to point out that uh, I mean, Brandon and I have discussed Deadly Premonition several times in this podcast, and that is a game that you can only love because it tried and failed in a whole lot of ways. Uh, and it's just a sandbox of of failure, as awful as that sounds, but I love it. A failure box. Failure yeah. box. Yep, it's a li- it's it's a litter box more than a sandbox. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think that ge- stuff's cool. There's some gems in there. I think yeah. for the most part, most of the games what are appreciated by people who appreciate games for any reason whatsoever are games that failed at more stuff than they succeeded at. No offense to it, but uh, I think all uh, Shadow of the Colossus, for example, is what does it try to be? It tries to be a game that's got a coherent sort of plot and story, and uh, it, uh, not coherent, but at least it's cohesive. It all goes together. The world sort of makes sense with all of its pieces against each other, and the dungeons are the bosses, and they are the levels, and uh, you're just kind of walking around on stuff. But I'll be goddarned if the movement in that game just kind of feels like crap, and it just it fails yeah. at a bunch of things. It fails at a bunch of things, but it succeeds at a bunch of things. And we have very few games that are just great f- for like all reasons. So, yeah. yeah. Although you know, if you re- if you read those uh, '90s game reviews, you'd never know, uh, <laughs> or ni- or cu- or current game reviews that sound like '90s game reviews, because man, you, they're just people who are very happy to use crazy superlative language for everything. Like this is the best X of all time. I am so OMG about this IRL. So OMG. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think that that uh, the your average games press isn't quite on board with that yet, but I think they're getting there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, games press tend to uh, really not like games that try. They tend to favor yeah. games that don't try anything new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, in. Kind of to make up for that, I guess we give it a whole lot of points. How many yeah, points would you say? 10, 20, 50? How many points we're trying? 40. 40 points. 40 points, yeah. Good with 40. Wow. Good a, yeah, good good. 40 points for trying. Yeah, sure. So you mean like 40 on a 100 point scale? Yes, I don't care. Who cares? Point. Whatever. 
I don't know. I was just making up a number. <laughs> I was forty. <laughs> okay. I was agreeing uh, with the made-up number. There's no way you can. You can't just put a number on that. Come on. Yeah. I can put numbers on anything, Frank. Watch me. Yeah, that's name true. A name this a thing. This guy can put numbers on anything. Uh, Sports. I mean, Sports. Yeah. Sports. Twenty-six. There you oh. go. Twenty-six. Twenty-six out of thirty-three, I think. Uh, thirty. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Tulit asks, "What is the best vest in a video game?" Vest. Oh man. Um. Mm. Let's see. There were some good vests in The Godfather and in Lenoiri. Um. Yeah. Because that was just the way people dressed back then. The old yeah, all the times. Yeah. I like uh, the vest probably that... mafia also. Wait, I got I got one. Uh, Eric John, Eric John Wow in uh in. You mean Russell Wow? Uh, Eric John Russell Wow in God darn Silent Hill Three. What? Silent Hill Three. Um, there is a guy that looks a lot like Eric John in Silent Hill Three. He's like a librarian guy. <laughs> He's got glasses on. And he wears a vest just like Eric John. And uh, and yeah, that that even Eric John thought that it looked like him. And usually, when you ask someone if they think something looks like them, they will they will disavow. Knowledge of 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 being your friend, uh, but no, this this character looks a whole lot like him. So that's that's my bid is is that guy. I like the vest that the guy wears in uh, Secret of Evermore. I think it's a good vest. He's got like a Marty McFly sort of vest on. So that's me. That's what I think. Not seems not good. only a better game than Secret of Mana, but better vests than Secret of Mana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so is are those our complete answers? I, I can't think. Is of this that. is this like a full question or is this just a joke question or yeah. what? This was Alex Tulit's question. I wanted to ask it. Uh, it's been That's sitting in my inbox for a while. So what I, what sort of vests are there in video games? There's there's armor vests. Yeah. In a you lot can get of a pretty, You can get some pretty chill vests in Doom. Yeah. Those help yeah. you continue to stay alive. Uh, those are bulletproof armor vests. Body armor vests. Yeah, yeah, bulletproof vest, I suppose. Yeah, that, that that's a vest. Yeah, them's is some good ones. What about the company Bulletproof Software, which made such games as Hattress? That's a pretty good vest. Does that count yeah. as a vest? <laughs> I think does so. Hank, does Hank uh, Rogers wear a bulletproof vest? Probably. Hank Rogers? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, people try to assassinate him, I'd imagine, yeah. All the time, the Russian mafia yeah. for for getting uh, Tetris out of Russia. Yeah, they wanted she... to keep that se- a secret in there. <laughs> Although they made a lot of money from him. They did. They did. Uh, the answer is Hank Rogers. The answer is Hank. Hank Rogers. Rogers. Yeah. Who else Hank, do you think wears way, a bulletproof me. vest in, in, in video the, games? The video game industry. Oh. Um, uh, let's see. I, w- I would imagine Ken Levine like. Thinks that people might go after him, and because he's kind of full of himself, is my answer. Yeah, his games are way too boring to assassinate that guy, though. Right, but he probably thinks that that he's like, you know, really upsetting people, and they might go after him. He might, he thinks he might be a martyr. Probably. I think Cliffy B. Cliffy B. Probably wears a bulletproof vest because uh, he lives in North Carolina, and it's just like standard attire. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Wait, is he still? He's not still in North Carolina, is he? I think he is there. He, I don't think he's moved, even though he doesn't have to live there anymore. Yeah, I guess he he likes the allure of uh, in a macaroni grill every three blocks or so. I, I think Cliffy B just wears a uh, bulletproof vest because it's heavy and it helps him train hard. 
Yeah, that's part of it. You gotta go hard. Uh, to, ramp, go. to ramp up for Deadly Premonition Director's Cut, one of Brandon's favorite recent games is getting a 350-page companion app featuring maps, concept art, and a soundboard and soundtrack. What other games would you like to see get this treatment, and what would you pack in? Skyrim. Yeah, I thought that was kind of weird and crazy. Uh, the product that thing today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like for Valis to have that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody else would care about that ever, but that's what I want. Isn't well, I like mean, a... like, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. What don't you? Yeah, I, I was gonna what say, like, I don't know, like, the necessity of that sort of thing when uh, there's there's wikias now. You know, like, I I think I'd much rather read a crowdsourced wikia than a dedicated sort of. Uh, you know, companion book app thing. Well, you know, it. so I don't think that I, there are specific games that I would really want that for, but I would really like to have... So that uh, that that um, that fella, that guy, that magweasel like guy, Kevin... Kevin Gifford. Gifford, yes. Man, why couldn't I remember Kevin Gifford's name? Anyway, Kevin Gifford did all these th- uh, write-ups about the PC Engine and he was doing it game by game and he was writing about the reception that the game got at the time showing some video of it talking about why it was remarkable and uh, each one of those I was just super hyper enjoying every one of those that he put out and uh, I think that kind of a compendium of that sort of knowledge console by console is what I would really like. I would buy an app that had that for every Genesis and Mega Drive game, like here's well, what would, people yeah, said at the time. The problem and, is that that like there's not that many Kevin Giffords. Yeah, you I know, know like, but like I'm just like hoping this is what I want. Gifford, right? That's okay. <laughs> my, my my favorite thing of this sort is what Valve does, how they provide this kind of uh, interactive director's cut DVD commentary that play that you can enable to play as you proceed through the game. And if that were made available for other games, like uh, some kind of DLC maybe that reads where you are in the game and tells you about that place, that would be pretty neat. That's true. Yeah, it would be a I, pretty cool thing. I like when games do that sort of thing, but it's mostly only those Valve games. Um, I had an idea long ago with with Frank to do some kind of director's cuts of old games with uh, with the original creators, and I think I'd still like to do that someday. I think we could make that be a fun yeah, thing. Yeah, all the guys we were talking about like live here practically. Yeah, yeah. Like we should still do that. A series yeah. of Let's Play videos by the creators themselves. Didn't uh, uh, he, didn't Hideki Kamiya do that for Bayonetta? Yeah. Hmm. Did he? Yeah, like it was this hundred-part series. I never watched it, but apparently it's pretty fun times. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I know the guys doing the new Dreamfall did that with uh, the last Dreamfall as a live stream, which was pretty cool. I didn't really watch very much of it, though. Live Streamfall? So we we did it? that with Julian Egebrecht. Live Streamfall, yeah. Yeah, live stream fall. T- Tim does it with video ball every few weeks or so. I'm gonna keep doing it with video ball. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Right, I do it. We once had a private performance with uh, Julian Egerbrecht doing Super Turrican at a party, which was a pretty good time. It's that true. Cool. It, it was real good. We should do that in the future. That thing. Mm-hmm. We'll do it. Do you guys think Shigeru Miyamoto is really good at Super Mario Brothers, or is he just like miserable at it? 
I think he's probably not very good at it at all. I think he's probably spent maybe a total no. of about 30, 40 minutes of his whole life actually sitting down and playing the finished product of any of the games. Not insulting him at it. It's just, you know, it's, I don't think I he probably plays yeah. them. As opposed it's to the just, Halo guys who are really good at Halo. Yeah. Yeah, he does his job. Yeah, and his... his... Halo. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like we're falling apart here a little bit. Good old Halo. Seeing how yeah, this maybe, is I mean, our, seeing how this is our sixty fourth episode, I would be remiss not to address the topic this number always brings to mind: the topic of chess. Uh, what hmm. has what has video games as a whole gained from chess, and what more can it stand to gain? I'll tell you uh, what video games have knights, gained from chess. Bishops. Okay, go ahead. Well, every time I remember when Final Fantasy Tactics came out, and there were reviews that were like. It's just like chess. It has a level of strategy of chess. It's like chess. And it's like, man, no, it's not. It's it's not like chess at all. Chess is pretty cool. And uh, it's a nice little tiny, elegant, uh, really sharply designed game. And Final Fantasy Tactics is just this big clumpy spaghetti mess of a whole bunch of systems and stuff that sort of work together, but once you break it, it reaches a point where you've gotten good enough at it where you've just, you've gotten good enough at like breaking the systems and knowing which character uh, breaks the systems the fastest and the best that to even compare the game to chess is just really insulting to anyone who's ever read a book. And uh, yeah. I don't think that the end. Uh, the other thing I would add is uh, Battle Chess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I remember Battle Chess. Battle chess. chess I remember master. My, big, my big brother being like, Battle Chess is awesome. Because, uh, <laughs> because you get to see the pieces kill each other. Yes. Like, yeah, I guess that's cool. But, I mean... There's also that naked chess. I think they did chess. that with Star Wars at some point. Yeah, naked chess for sure. They, they, they have the sex with each other in 3D. Yeah. When they when they do the things like instead of hurting each other they sex each other. And who who oh, remember that, that who wait, how, do they depict, how do they depict someone winning sex though? Um, that I, is uh, a thing that it took me many years to understand myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you you have to have the right uh, consent going in. You have to be like, is there going to be a winner this time? Are we? Are is this a competition? And then you have to both say yes, and then it gets a really complicated from there. But there is, there is, there can be a winner. Is all I'm saying. I, I've I definitely was never felt given like this talk. I feel I've, like I missed out. I've actually definitely yeah. felt like there have been winners and losers in uh, in in certain engagements. Yeah. And uh, it it is definitely possible to win. Okay. Um. Yeah. So that's what chess has given us in video games: is the ability. To win at sex. I think if this podcast has taught us anything, it's not to do this on Mondays. Uh, so let's try not to do that in the future. This uh, podcast was okay. You, yeah, you I know think what? So. It's, it's really not the Monday's fault. I think it's that we are there's no, none of us can exa- determine exactly who is lagged the most, and thus when we can speak. That yeah. is what's killing everything. It's like a really boring Professor Layton puzzle. That's right. <laughs> Do you guys want to try a boring Professor Layton lightning round? Well, yes, but I feel like at least one of us is not going to be saying things in a lightning fashion. 
Okay, like, yeah, I, I think it's a bad idea. I'm going to be Final Fantasy 13 2, 13 3 Lightning Returns is what I'm going to be. Uh, let's do it anyway. Uh, we're going to play Bottom Line Review. Instead of curating a list of games, what I did was randomly roll them from a, uh, a uh, numerical list. And nice. I did have, you use dice? Uh, yes, I did use dice. What kind? And, um, many-sided dice. How many? Oh, multiple. Uh, a lot. A lot. Let's, I, let's, I, I set up this complicated, complex system. I don't want to get into it, Brandon. It's something I do in my spare time. It's not to be shared with the public. Anyway, I selected 12 titles entirely at random. Some of nice. them may have nothing to say about, but uh, try anyway. Here we go. What okay. you got to do is say the name of the game and then is and then a sentence which defines it. You all know how this is played. Here we go. Alone in the Dark 2. Alone in the Dark 2 is what happens when you get lost in a room again. Alone in the Dark 2 is still by itself in a place with not enough lights. <laughs> EverQuest 2. EverQuest 2. <laughs> EverQuest 2 is the second quest that went on forever. Okay, maybe 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 I should try a little harder. Maybe yeah, you I should, should try a little harder. EverQuest harder on the 2 next. is a uh, uh, massively multiplayer online RPG with uh, that just doesn't want to stop. EverQuest 2. Two more reasons to marry your avatar. EverQuest, EverQuest 2 is sort of insulting for starting up another forever quest while the other one is still going on forever. It feels a little distracting. Call of Duty World at War. Call of Duty World at War is... Uh, Call of Duty World at War is not your grandfather's World War Two. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> X-Men Origins. It's a game, huh? Yep. It is, it is. It's actually uh, a pretty X decent one. X-Men Origins Wolverine is a berserker barrage of fighting action. <laughs> X-Men Origins Wolverine is pretty original. Okay. Or what? This <laughs> is going well. It's going well. Oh, yeah, this, this, this is going oh. well so far. Oh, this, this is gold, people. Let's keep this train rolling. Uh, Donkey Kong Country 3, yeah. Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. Is Donkey Kong Country is more like Smokey Blong Bluntry 3 yeah, Dixie Don Donkey Double Trublunt. Yes, Donkey Donkey Bong Bluntry Tree. Smoky Blong, Smoky Bong, Bluntry Tree. Tree. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> oh God, Zaxxon. Oh, Man. more like Zaxbong. Zaxxon is pretty sweet game. More, and, more like uh, Zaxbong. I wish it were Zaxxon Mother Base 2000 because then I. Zaxxon. Zaxxon is so much fun, you won't be able to turn it Zax off. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, Master Miyagi tells you to Zaxxon, Zaxxon. Zax off. Zaxxon will blow your Zax off. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Duke, Duke Nukem, Nukem 3D. 3D. Man. Not your, not your, not your two years older brothers, Duke Nukem. <laughs> <laughs> Always bet on 
three Duke. What? Always bet yeah. on three Duke. Always bet on Duke. Halo, Halo 3 ODST. Halo 3 Odsta? Yes. You're gonna overdose on... <laughs> You're gonna overdose ST on Halo 3 ODST. You guys are not saying anything about these games. H Halo 3, the most odious Halo team. Quite an odious Halo to overdose st on. ODST. Halo 3 ODST is so addictive, you'll swear the ODST stands for Overdosed. <laughs> <laughs> Overdosed Street. I, I, I know you guys are going to have a lot to say about this next one. Uh, sure. Miniature Golf for the Atari 2600. Huh. Much smaller than regular golf for the Atari 5200. <laughs> Miniature Golf for Atari 2600 is... Not your little brother's miniature golf for the Nintendo. <laughs> I, I think pr what they probably would what? have actually done back then is they would have said, Miniature golf for Atari 2600 is big fun. <laughs> that is what they big would have done. Big fun in a miniature package. Resident Evil Dead Aim. That was Resident the Resident Evil with the light gun. That was one of them. Cavia. Yeah. Was, it, was that the Caviam one? I thought, that, uh, no. I thought Tose made that one. Uh, whatever, they're both people who make games. Yeah, that's <laughs> good point. Uh, yeah, Kavya made one of the Chronicles games, I believe. Either Umbrella or Darkseid. Wait, what, what's, what's, uh, what's the, the, the subtitle Resident of it again? Resident Evil Dead Aim. Resident, Resident Evil Dead Aim will make you a Jill sandwich. <laughs> Resident <laughs> Evil Dead Aim... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think Brandon wins this one, Tim. Let's go on to our final uh, our final entry. Leisure Suit Larry Magna Cum Laude. Leisure Suit Larry is wearing one comfortable suit. I <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything about the game, Tim. Leisure Suit Larry Magna Cum Laude is dressed for relaxation. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll accept I it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'll accept it. Uh, this has been episode 64 of the Insert Credit Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Anyway, uh, I'm Alex Jaffe. Uh, I am joined today by uh, Brandon, Frank, and uh, Tim. Frank's not here. He dropped out because of lag issues. Uh, Frank Brand uh, Br Brandon can be found at Necrozofty on Twitter. Uh, Frank can be found at Frank Cifaldi on Twitter. Tim can be found at 108 on Twitter. I can be found at Alex Jaffe on Twitter. On you Twitter. can send in your own questions to podcast.insertcredit.com. On Twitter. Uh, on Twitter. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can hang out with us a little bit after the show, maybe. On Twitter. On Twitter. Right. <laughs> on Twitter, on YouTube, though. But Anybody out there, y'all can tweet whatever you want at me. I might ignore it a lot, though. Sure. Yeah, if you want to tweet stuff, go ahead. Um, I'll, I will read every tweet to me. It's a twee country. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know what? I think it's late enough in the year. Are there any more big games coming out this year, or can we open up votes for best game of, of the year? Super Mario 3D World is being released November 22nd, 2013. Okay. All right, then we'll hold off till December 1st. Also, The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds, is also mm -hmm. being released on November 22nd, okay. 2013. So we'll, we'll hold what off else is Nintendo doing this year? A Zelda and a Mario on the same day, bro. It's gonna be Man. wild.
Has that happened before? Probably. I don't think so, no. Zeldario. I'm it's pretty worried that, that I will not have played any of the games right. that came out this year. Oh, I know that will be true. Uh, so I know, I know you guys who listen to the podcast uh, on your iTunes or on the website or on your mobile devices have been clamoring for access to the Super Nintendo episode that will happen shortly. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Spaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And that's our show, everybody. <laughs> that's your closing? <laughs> what? <laughs> that's funny to me. Podcast over, yeah!